Yes, today I am joined by analyst host Monica McNutt. Monica, what's going on? Not much, you know, the before fall day, taking it all in. <laughs> yes, welcome to the NBA panel. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you for having me. So how are you doing with this new court reality that we've all been thrust into? <laughs> oh, man. One day at a time, I guess. You right. Know. <laughs> so um, tell us a little about your career. You're kind of, you're busy over there. Analysts, ESPN, ACC Network, MSG, and, of course, Bucket Boards and Blocks on Twitter Hoops Media. Um, yeah, uh, John, I got all that going on. But I always say two things. The hustle don't stop. It just changes, and these hoes ain't loyal. And so until one of those companies is ready to wipe me up full time, <laughs> right. I'm out here. <laughs> I hear you. I hear you. How is your experience playing for um, Georgetown, playing in the NCAA tournament? Oh, man. Georgetown is a huge part of who I am. Um, playing basketball there definitely shaped the way I approach just about everything. I mean, I right. always draw back to being an being an athlete. And beyond that, I think my situation at Georgetown was so unique, and we had an opportunity to, to taste success at elite levels, but right. it wasn't always that way. And so that arc reminds me all the time that, you know, you have to put the work in. And if you put the work in with integrity and diligence, eventually it, you'll find your way and it will yield its fruit. Right. Is that what you take most from the experience at Georgetown? Uh, that would be one of them, and I think for me, I was really challenged in self-awareness. Um, okay. I was a captain and a leader on that squad, and I thought I was doing one thing, and my teammates didn't feel that I was doing that. And so that right. was the first place where I was really challenged to consult with the people that you're supposed to be working with or serving as a leader or whatever and get feedback. Because, um, you know, sometimes we all think we're our own goats at whatever, right. and that's fine if you have an opinion of yourself, but what's important is, to a degree, um, the opinion of those that you have to work with and those that you trust. Very true. Very true. Media, tell us about the experience. You guys over there moving, man. <laughs> man, Bruce Bernstein, who I believe is your guy too. Yeah, um, Bruce, Bruce cool as hell. <laughs> Bruce is such good people, yo. Like, I'm so excited to be a part of the Pure Hoops family. That actually happened because Mike Wise knew me in college. And okay. one time we were at a Washington football event, at a golf course, it was a charity golf event, and he and I just ended up talking in the parking lot. Okay. And he, I remember Mike being like, oh, man, no, you got a lot to say. And I'm just giving my spiel, my opinion from where I stand, and little did I know that that sort of would be part of my trajectory and career path. But anyway, yeah. Wise loops in with the Mike Wise show on Pure Hoops Media. At the time, I believe there were only two shows. And he's like, yo, I'm working with this uh, podcast company. They're looking for a female host. I recommended you. Can I connect yeah. you? So Mike connected me with Bruce, and it's been love ever since. We recently added my co-host, King McCoy, right. who played basketball at Baylor to the pod in March, I guess. I guess King started to come on shortly after COVID. Um, and so that's been a really fun addition. I'm thir- I'll am i be 31 this month. King just turned 24. So okay. it's, it's great perspective. And, of course, we always invite Bruce to chime in as well. Right. Yeah, podcasts are doing great. Yeah, some great guests. <laughs> great guests. Yeah, we, you know, that's, I have learned that booking people, and I'm sure you know this too, John, can be very challenging because you're trying to work yeah. on people's schedule. You're hoping that right. they'll keep their word, whatever the case may be. I'm going right. to get my dog. I'm so sorry. She all making all this noise. Come here. <laughs> <laughs> it's cool. <laughs> 
Yeah, booking is a process, man. You got to be prepared for, like you said, the schedule. Then someone might cancel last minute if you have a filler for that for that appointment. Or, but I mean, it's it's part of the growth. Yeah, for sure, growth. for sure. So, how was it having King along on on our podcast? Now, it's great to have two people's opinions on a podcast. Yeah, I tell you what, when we are unable to secure a guest, it's dope uh-huh. to have King because I can go. Bruce can jump in. And when it was just me, you know, if I didn't have a guest, I was in a little bit of a bind. I was going to just talk to myself. Although Bruce right. is capable and would jump in at times. But I love King's perspective. Um, right. He is also an extension of me trying to mentor and help, you know, other folks along in the industry the same way people have reached out and given me opportunities. So I'm excited for him to get the reps. I'm excited for what he brings to the table. It's, it's been great right. to have him. Right. The WNBA and NBA both, both took a stance on social injustice is still going on. In America, so like every other week, they're seeing something else. Hopefully, you see nothing recently. But I mean, what do you think about the league stance? Both league stances on social injustice. I think they're taking the right stances, but I also think that it's easy to give lip service, right? right? The proof put in, a word. in the pudding, so to speak. Right. And I think Lasia Clarendon, who is a veteran guard for the New York Liberty, was the first person that turned me on to this concept of, of performative allyship, right? right? And basically that is you are saying all the right things in a way that garners you attention, but what are right. you actually doing? And so when I think about right. the NBA in particular, and I have to dig a little bit deeper into some of the front offices and the coaches on the WNBA level, um, you know, what are your opportunities for people of color? Right. You know, how are you helping to create a pipeline of more black coaches, more black general managers? It can't be just, oh, we support our players. When your players have aspirations to be more than just players, in the space. So I think this year we've seen both leagues take a strong step. I think yeah. the athletes feel empowered and supported, but this can't be, oh, look what we did in 2020. This is literally just the tip of the iceberg. We have so much more work to do. Right. Yes. WNBA Finals. Seattle came through like, let's get this over with. <laughs> Basically, that was like, it's time yeah. everybody go home. We're going to handle this. Don't worry about it. The bubble, the bubble is shut down. Yes, yeah, the Stewart went off, got a second front of MVP, put up 28 points in the finals. She was on fire every day. Seattle just came through like they had Las Vegas, Las Vegas had no answer for Brianna. She just um, set out threes. I mean, find her um, teammates. She went to work. Yeah, I mean, Stewie obviously is finals MVP, but I think the play of Jewel Lloyd is another one that you can't discount. Yeah. Even the activity of Natasha Howard, the defensive prowess of Alicia Clark, who was the first team all-defensive team. And then Sue Bird at 39, the leader of that squad. Yeah. I mean, even Dan Kloppenberg stepping in for Dan Hughes, who didn't come to the bubble because of health concerns. This team, I love what Sue said in the postgame with Holly Rowe after they won. You know, we're a chill team. And so, in a way, they were perfect for the bubble, is what Sue said. In terms of they are low maintenance, they are focused, and they right. handled their business. Right. Yeah, you're you're a starting team. Sue Bird went to work, man. You think it's her last year? Um, one more time? You think it's her last year? You, you know, I never thought about how sort of <clears> – I don't know. Offensive might be too strong, John. But I never thought about how off-putting it can be to question athletes about their age. She's right. still competing at a very high level, you know? Right. Um, I don't know what other aspirations Sue has and other ways that she would use her time. Right. But if she's still enjoying it, go for it, Sue. I mean, 
Vince Carter, he wasn't playing much last year, but he was still out there. You know what I mean? Very true. Um, so it's one of those questions that now I'm far more sensitive about. Same way, like okay. I never thought anything of asking couples when y'all having babies until someone you know is struggling Got to conceive, you. right? Like, Got I think you. we just gotta enjoy the ride. You know what I mean? Like, I I have no idea what Sue will go do next. I, another quote she gave last night: she talked about not cheating the game. So she feels right. good. She's up to snuff. Um, for me personally, and my relationship with basketball that ended after I graduated from college. Um, if I had not aspired to do other things with my time, I would have kept right. playing ball too because I love games. And so if she still feels good and you can tell that she loves the game, she's been incredibly successful, keep, right. keep it going. Right. Yeah, that's for, that's, that question was smart because the one at the last minute of the game, and this was like if, if she wants that floor time, give it to her. Because it was garbage time. They won by 28. <laughs> they won by 33, mm-hmm. I believe. So the analysts were like, um, if she wants the floor time, give it to her, like in case she was going to go out. But as she says, she's still going strong. She might have a couple more years left, so we'll see. We'll definitely see. One thing I did notice about the game was Bill Beer didn't call. He, he wasn't using his timeouts for all three games, like the one Seattle made, made main runs. I'm like, why don't you call a timeout? Like, John Scott, the momentum, but he didn't. So I'm thinking Las Vegas is like a young team. Maybe he's making them learn on the fly. But I yeah. noticed he didn't use none of his timeouts, Jason. Like, I mean, <laughs> You know, John, I – so in this particular series, I was not paying Bill Lambier close attention. I have kind of sort of already adopted the mindset that I'm going to try to figure out what he's doing. Sugar Rock right. is on that team, and she's my good friend and my former teammate at Georgetown. Right. Um, so I've, I've watched Bill since, since he was in New York. I do not align with his coaching philosophy, but I do remember when Bill won a WBA championship with the Detroit right. Shots back in the day. So right, I, I think that he's won. I, I, you know, I, I'm not going to try to get in his head. I mean, he's obviously very accomplished as a basketball player himself right. um, and as a coach. But I, all season, I've always had an asterisk next to Vegas. And as much as I love Shug, as much as I think Asia is dope, I've met Angel, like, I'm, this is not against any of those players. I've right. always had an asterisk next to them because there's, there's something that's, that's never quite all the way there when it comes to them. Okay. Yeah, they miss Liz Candace a lot, a whole lot. She definitely been a fortune on rebounding and scoring. But I said, hope to see she comes back because she's a, uh, I'm sure she's Asian. So, she said, I don't know what she's going to do, but they could definitely use it back next season. For sure. And Kelsey Plum hopefully will get helpful. From what I hear, Liz likes it, like Vegas. So we'll yeah. all be uh, tuned in to see what she decides. Definitely. One player that's going to get overlooked for this best that Angela Coulter is, I call her human torch. So she was raining threes. But the fourth finals, no wins. That's crazy. I think she'll be, I think she'll come back from Las Vegas. I think she'll be back. I think they'll be back. The Aces, you mean? Yeah. Yeah, they keep that group in core. I'm not up on everybody's contract status with that organization, but I mean they're a very talented group, and they are they have a really unique balance of experience and youth. I mean, Asia Wilson wins MVP in her third season. Angel McCartney is probably the veteran of that group. Mm-hmm. Uh, Emma Cannon came on strong. Obviously, you hope Deirdre Hamby gets healthy and returns. And if Liz comes back, Kelsey comes back. You know, yeah. I just I they need to grow through whatever that mysterious thing around them is. Uh, what's your thoughts on the WNBA's overall job of handling the wobble? Man, I give hats off, kudos 
endless praise to everybody that pulled off the wobble, the teams, coaches, players, the league, families that sacrificed. I think people thought that, oh, these bubbles are cool. Right. Yeah, sort of, but they also came with a huge sacrifice. This week I did an event at Georgetown with Jeff Green, and he called it a glamorous prison. Right. <laughs> it's how he defined <laughs> the bubble, right? Because you are essentially highly restricted, and you're tracked, um, and you're monitored, and you're without your family and without the comforts of – your own space, not even the comfort of an actual luxurious thing, but the comfort right. of having your own space and being able to escape everything else, right? right. So um, kudos to Kathy Engelberg, her whole team, all the players. The bubble, pulling off the wobble, rather, was a tremendous feat, and they all should be very proud. Right, and viewership is up for the WNBA, so it's still growing as does every year. Yeah, 68% viewership increase this year. That's amazing. So you're on host analyst ACC, what's your own thoughts on college, college's approach to the pandemic and bringing the season back? Because they got to bring it to March Madness. March Madness had to happen this year. They lost so much money but not having <laughs> March Madness this previous year. For, uh, for sure. They're definitely going to figure out a way to bring March Madness. College athletics in general, I'm a little bit puzzled by football. And, again, I don't follow college football closely. So perhaps right. in local markets, teams are reporting test results. But I just keep thinking about what Ed Orgeron said maybe a month ago now, and he seemed pretty cavalier that, you know, most of my guys have had it. It's no big deal. There's right. so much about this disease that we don't know, and it's yeah. been linked to um, a heart condition, myocarditis, which could alter someone's life, right? Like not just their ability to be an athlete, but that's something that you have to live with with life. And so I struggle on the college athletics front, honestly, John, because these kids don't have the recourse of these fat checks that the pros are cleaning up. Right? Like they're yeah. absorbing all of this risk, hoping that they get a chance to go pro and hoping that whatever they endure this season doesn't hinder them from going pro. Um, on a practical level, though, I do feel like the college basketball season will be played and can be played with less risk than four. But right. I think if, if conferences really get serious, I think a conference, conference bubbles uh, could be real things because if kids are taking classes virtually anyway, what does it matter where the kids are? That's very true. Very true. The NBA Finals, the Lakers won 3 1. The Lions won one away. The fourth title, the Lakers 17th. What do you think about the Lakers' path to the finals? A lot of people um, see it was like basically injuries every team you played, but overall, I think it would get those teams anyway. But everyone will bring up injuries because basically it's the Bronx. <laughs> like his path is easy than anybody else's. Um, I wouldn't use easy. I mean, you still have to beat. Yeah, NBA caliber professional athletes. Right. I do think that we know that LeBron is a cheat code in terms of his gifts, talents, and abilities. But I wouldn't say easy. I am. I do think that Goran Dragic injury and the Bam Adebayo injury, even though he played in game four, right. I think those drastically changed the complexion of this particular series. Right. But you know, everybody keeps saying that they're going to be asterisk by the Lakers championship. If there's an asterisk, it's an asterisk that the entire globe experienced. But when we start talking about the Spurs in 99, like nobody says, oh, yeah, that was a lockout year. It doesn't count. No. Right now we're sort of prisoners of the moment, and the asterisk question is the cool question. But in reality, in 2025, assuming that we can move past COVID, right. people will be like, oh, yeah, remember 2020 was such a wild year. The Lakers won, period. Very true. I'm going to ask on this year either. At first, before the bubble started, I thought it might be, but seeing everything that they went through, and that's probably the best ball that came out of the bubble. There's no Astros on this year, no matter who won. <laughs> you know? Right, but if, if 
You said there's no asterisk. I don't think I don't think it should be. I don't think it should be. No, I agree. And if it's, if if you are one of those people that's insistent on placing the asterisk there, like all of us have an asterisk for life. This, you know what I mean? Like we are all literally experiencing this pandemic together. Very true. Who do you say was your biggest influence in your career? Man, hmm. my friend and mentor, Big Sis and the China Robinson, comes to mind immediately. She is someone who has willingly connected me to people, asked me if I was available to pick up games that she couldn't call. Um, Then I think, you know, my parents, I know they're not in the industry, but they've been incredibly supportive. There was a stretch for me where I don't know quite honestly if I could have afforded to live on my own while I was still chasing this thing. And my parents had um, their arms wide open for me. Um, I think, you know, you see other women, Jamel Hill, Pam Oliver, who I've had an opportunity to chat with at point, Stephanie Reddy, who are right. encouraging. Um, all those women are great. But, you know, Kevin Merida, who is the editor-in-chief at The Undefeated at ESPN, he's someone who's been tremendously supportive. George Solomon, who just retired from his position of, as director of the Shirley Povich Center of Sports Journalism at the University of Maryland, is a huge advocate of mine. Um, so there's been so many people, so many people, and I'm just I'm very thankful for that. Yeah, shout out to Lieutenant Robinson. She's a previous guest on the NBA panel. I love the conversation with her. <laughs> yeah, that's my girl. She's great. Monica, thank you for joining me. Thank you for your no time. No problem, Thank you so Thanks much. for having me. No problem. All right, talk, talk to me. Yes, sir. Yes, that was Monica McNutt, analyst host. Thanks for joining me. Catch you next time.